Turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And as you're turning there, did you hear about the latest rumor about butter? Well, I'm not going to spread it either. Amen. In your bulletins this morning, there was a tract. It was called the Eternal Life Insurance Company. And I want to thank uh, Mr. George Reese for uh, giving me the copy of this tract. Uh, George's wife, Carol, and their son, Jason, are the uh, owner and operators of Henry D. Young Insurance Company in, in Salem. And uh, being in the insurance industry for many, many years, uh, George had this tract, and knowing that I was a pastor, thought I would appreciate it, and I absolutely do. So I thank George for, for passing this along. But again, it's the Eternal Life Insurance Company. It says, who are the insured? Whosoever will may come. The premium. For by grace are you saved through faith. The date. When is it effective? Now is the accepted time. And the term, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Open it up, and you have uh, a whole bunch of different scriptures and uh, different coverages for the eternal life uh, insurance company. This is one of the, uh, really one of the most creative tracks I've ever seen, one of the most unique, and it was uh, created by Charles T. Jones out of uh, Pennsylvania, and I just wanted to uh, acknowledge that, and as I was reading through that, Lord put a, a few thoughts on my heart and my mind, so I want to ask a question. Can we know for sure that we are saved, that we are heaven-bound? Can we find that answer in God's word? Or is the best we can do is just hope we are saved? Well, I want to share a piece of scripture that will clear this up completely without any doubts. 1 John chapter 5, again starting at verse 11. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and his life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You see the answer right there in verse 13. He says that you may know, not wonder, not guess, but know. Know without a shadow of a doubt that you are saved, that you are heaven bound. And God wants us to know that every believer, we need to have this assurance we should never go around as a question mark, wondering and, and guessing if we are saved. Amen? 
We need to be an exclamation point, boldly proclaiming the assurance of our salvation in Jesus Christ. We're not to be a doubting Christian. We're to be a shouting Christian. Amen? God does not want us to be a hope-so believer. God wants us to be a no-so believer. Amen? And right here, right in God's word, his very word, it assures us that we absolutely can know beyond a shadow of a doubt this is eternal life assurance. Amen? That track, the eternal life insurance, God put in my heart about eternal life assurance. And to analyze this verse, verse 13, a little deeper, we have to conclude that doubt may come. Amen? God directed John, the Apostle John, to write this so that those who might doubt, they don't have to doubt. Amen? Those who might doubt, don't doubt. So it is possible for a believer to have doubts, but God wants us to live doubt-free, safe, and secure in his almighty hands for eternity. Amen? Eternal life assurance. So, to be certain, to be absolutely sure of our salvation is critical. Amen? We're not talking about little differences in doctrine. We're not talking about differences in opinion. Amen? We're talking about our soul and eternal life. Critically important. When God created us, he breathed the breath of life into our lungs and we became a living soul in his image. Amen? And our soul is eternal, just like God is. Our soul is eternal, and it is timeless. And it's going to go on forever, even after this body dies, in one of two places. Either in the splendor of glory, the splendor of heaven, or the torments of hell. That's the only two choices that we have for eternal life. But our soul is eternal, and it will go on forever in one of those two places. And this is why it's critically important for us to, that we absolutely know that we are saved and heaven-bound. So let's dig a little bit deeper into our, our text, and let's dig a little bit deeper into eternal life assurance. Amen? So let's consider how we are saved. Go up to verse 1, same chapter, verse, uh, chapter 5, go up to verse 1. It says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. So whosoever, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, in, in, in church, we, uh, in, in, you know, in Christian circles, we hear that, born of God, born again. It's the same exact thing. This is our salvation. This is our redemption 
in Jesus Christ. Amen? And here the Bible tells us that we are saved by believing in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The name Jesus literally means Jehovah saves. Amen? Jehovah saves. We must believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Amen? And then we place all of our faith, all of our trust in him as our Lord and Savior. The very moment that that we take this step of faith, God does a work in our heart, and we are saved. Amen? He removes that, that cold and calloused heart. And he gives us a new heart of flesh, a heart of warmth filled with love, his love. And many think, but pastor, is it really that simple? It absolutely is. Amen. It absolutely is that simple. Salvation is magnificently simple and simply magnificent. Amen. Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Simply says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That is the simplicity of salvation. It doesn't get much more simple than that. We are saved by believing in, by by trusting in Jesus Christ. Now, I want to clarify that word believe. It's not an intellectual belief. Amen? It's not a a head belief. It's a heart belief. Amen? It's a heart belief, and it means trust and commit. You see, intellectual belief, even Satan's demons, the fallen angels, those that chose to follow Satan instead of stay with God, Even they have an intellectual belief. They know who Jesus is. Amen? So it's got to be something more, and it is. It's a heart belief. It means trust and commit. So the Bible is very, very clear on this topic. And there's not a verse or piece of Scripture that outlines it any better than Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Amen. Catch that, underline that, highlight that in your Bible. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. Amen. These couple verses outline what does and what does not save us. Amen? God clearly shows us what does not. It's not of ourselves. Amen? We can't save ourselves. We have no, you know, strength in the matter. We can't do it ourselves. And he also says it's not of works, doing good deeds. Amen? None of those things can save us. So what does save us? He makes it very clear. It's God's grace by faith. Amen? God's grace by faith. It's that simple. 
the simplicity of salvation. God is not the author of confusion, amen? He's the author of peace. And he makes the most important thing in our lives that simple. Salvation is that simple, yet most most people don't know it. You know, if I were to to go out into, into a group of a bunch of strangers and at random ask them, are you saved and going to heaven? The majority of the answers are going to fall in two, right? Most would reply either I hope so or they'll simply say, I'm trying to be a good person. Amen? That's your top two answers. I hope so and I'm trying to be a good person. Do you see it? What did we just see in in, in Ephesians chapter 2? We saw the two things that do not save us. Ourselves, and yet we see, I hope so. And what's the other thing that can't save us? Doing good works. And what's the second answer? I'm trying to be a good person. Amen? Salvation is that simple, yet most people don't know it. These are the things that cannot save us. And it's because most people view God as, you know, we're, we're getting ready to come into the Christmas season, right? Most people view God as Santa Claus. You know, right? He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and who's nice, right? That's the idea that we have of God. And most people hope that their good works outweigh their bad deeds, and that will get them into heaven. Amen. And and then it's vice versa. Your bad deeds outweigh your good deeds, then then you're going to hell. That's how most people are deceived into thinking this is how salvation works. But it doesn't. Amen. That type of thinking is completely contrary to the Bible. Verse 8 tells us, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And we think, what is faith? Make make an acrostic. You know what an acrostic is, where you put the first letter of each word? And you think of faith. Faith is forsaking all, I trust him. Amen? Forsaking all, I trust him. Faith. For by grace we are saved through faith. What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor. Amen? It's getting what we don't deserve. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, that's when Christ died for us. Amen? Not because we were so great, because we were so lovable, because we deserved it. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. By grace, we are saved through faith. Again, it's not an intellectual belief. What is it? It's a heart belief. Amen? We think of, you know, grace, God's unmerited favor, getting what we don't deserve. 
Think of grace as the hand of God reaching down from heaven saying, I love you. I know you are hopelessly lost and I want to save you. Amen. And faith is our hand reaching up to his hand. Amen. So when when God reaches down his hand of grace and we reach up and put our hand of faith into his hand of grace, that's salvation. Amen. Plain and simple, that's salvation. And we have to understand that if any part of that depended on us, then we could never have assurance. We could never have eternal life assurance. Why? Because we'd always be wondering, did we do enough good deeds? Amen? We'd always be asking ourselves, did I do enough to make it into heaven? But since it all depends on God, we can have that assurance. Amen? Knowing that we are saved is not confidence in ourselves. It's confidence in who? Our Lord and Savior. Amen? Assurance of salvation is confidence in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Listen to what God says in Romans 11.6. And if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, then it's no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. You say, Pastor, what in the world is God saying there? God is making it clear that salvation is also not a combination of grace and works. Amen? Too many Christians go around and are very confused about that. And too many people who believe they're Christians are very confused about this. It is not a combination of great, uh, grace and works together either. It's all by God's grace, period. Amen? We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's how we're saved. Now let's consider the signs of salvation. What are the traits of salvation. You know, Bible uses the term of being born again. What are the birthmarks of a believer, of a newborn believer? Well, we started in 1 John. 1 John records the word know, K-N-O-W, to know, right? Heart knowledge. About 40 times. Amen? When you find something in the Bible once, you know it's important. When you see something in the Bible 40 times, you know God is trying to make a point. And that point is our assurance of salvation. Amen? He wants us to know. This book of 1 John was written to give us eternal life assurance. And we can also find... It outlines three ways that we can absolutely be assured that we are saved. First test, test number one. Is Jesus Christ the Lord in your life? 
Amen? Again, this, this is not a hard test. Salvation is simple, and, and so is knowing that we are saved. Is Jesus Christ Lord in our life? 1 John 2, 3. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. I love how God worded that. By this we know that we know him. Amen? How? By keeping his commandments. No, it does not say, if we keep his commandments we are saved, does it? Because that would be what? Works salvation. does not say that. It says, now by this we know that we know him because we, that we keep his commandments. We know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Verse 4, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. None of us can keep all of God's commandments, Amen. Even after we're saved, we're going to mess up. We're going to slip. We're going to fail. We're going to sin again. We never become sinless on this side of eternity, but we certainly should sin less. Amen? Our gracious Lord knows that. He knows that we are still wrapped in the flesh. If you go back in, in the, the last verse of, of John, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 10, it says, If we say that we have not sinned, then we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Then we go into the first verse of, of chapter 2. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. You say, but pastor, that sounds like it's contradicting. It's, it's not. God is simply stating what the standard is. The standard is not to sin, right? And who is that standard? Jesus Christ himself. He is our sinless Lord and Savior. That's the standard. And we are trying to live like Christ. Are we going to be able to do it? No, and God knows that. Amen? Our standard is Christ, but when we do sin, not if, when we do sin, the Bible says that we have an advocate in Jesus Christ. That word advocate is the same thing as a lawyer. Amen? Every time we sin, you go to the book of Job and, and, and God outlines you know, how Satan works in the believer's life. Every time we sin, Satan goes before God and says, look, look, look at your child, look. Look what they did. And that's when Jesus stands up and says, Satan, enough. They're mine. I bought them with my precious blood. Amen? He is our advocate. He's our lawyer. And the key to Jesus being Lord in our life is, is the word keep right there in verse 3. If we keep his commandments... Are there going to be times when we don't? Yeah, because we're still wrapped in this flesh. We still fail. But what is our heart's desire? 
to try to keep his commandments every single day. Amen. That is our heart's desire, is to try to keep them. And that is a big sign that we can be assured of our salvation. Luke 6.46 Jesus said, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? It's a good question, isn't it? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? So the first test is simply, is Jesus Christ the Lord in your life? Test number two, do you desire to have fellowship with other believers? Amen? Do you desire to have fellowship with other believers? 1 John 3, 14. We know that we have passed from uh, from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. 1 John 4.20 If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Then 1 John 5.1 Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. Who's begotten of Christ? Every born-again believer, right? Amen. So that love that we have one for another is a sign that we are saved. Amen. When we love God then we love his children, other believers. Amen. When we get saved, the Bible teaches us that that we are partakers of his God's divine nature. Amen. The moment of salvation, we are partakers of his divine nature. And what is God's divine nature? God is what? Love. Amen. God's divine nature is love. 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not, uh, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Love is the true believer's nature. Why? Because love is God's nature. And the moment of salvation, we take on, we become partakers of God's divine nature. Do you ever wonder why God said that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together? What does that mean? It means we're not to forsake coming to church. This is the assembling of ourselves together. Why are we not to forsake that? Because it should be a desire in our heart already. Amen. We should have a desire to fellowship with one another, to come together and and encourage one another. Amen? So that's the second test. Third test. Do you have a close relationship with Christ? Amen? Pretty simple. 1 John 5, skip down to verse 11. 
We started off with these same verses. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. So who is this book written to? Those who believe in the name of the Son of God. This book is written to born-again believers. This book is written to Christians. Those who are saved. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. This is talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? And notice that it's in present tense. That you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. That means it's now and ongoing through eternity. Amen? Christianity is not a religion. You've heard me say this over and over and over. Christianity is not a a religion. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? A relationship. It doesn't matter how well we know the plan of salvation. It's nice to know it so that we can share it. But it's not about how well we know the plan of salvation. Why? Because we're not saved by the plan of salvation. We are saved by the man of salvation, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's more important for us to know the man of salvation than the plan of salvation. It's all about a relationship. Relationship with Jesus Christ. So that burning question is, how well did you do on that test? Amen. Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are saved, that you are heaven-bound. If not, you need to settle that in your heart right now, right here today. Amen. Trust and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Trust Him with all your heart. And if you do that, by grace we are saved through faith. That faith is trusting in Jesus Christ then God says you can have eternal life assurance.